0: Welcome
1: to The Chick-Foley
2: Show. What is up, Foley fam? We are here with episode 161 of The Chick-Foley Show. We're going to be going all in on the Royal Rumble that we saw this past Saturday night. We are officially on the road to WrestleMania. We got some figure reviews and a whole bunch of other fun stuff for you guys tonight. But let's start, as always, by introducing the stars of the show. Sheena, how you doing?
0: Good. There's nobody I would rather be on the road to WrestleMania with than uh, than you guys right here. But uh, I'm excited to talk about the Rumble, man. I feel like the fallout... It was kind of like there was an immediate reaction, and then all of a sudden, like all the you know the negativity started to flow out. So I'm 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 excited to hear what you guys think uh, because we haven't really gotten to talk in depth about it. So uh, yeah, I'm excited for this show.
2: Marco, how's life up in Massachusetts?
3: Uh, Just buried in snow and uh, nursing a a a sore lower back from all the uh, the snow that uh, buried us this weekend. uh, Oh gosh. Yeah, it was uh, about almost about two feet, I would say. The snow, oh, just yeah.
0: a, just a dusting, just a dusting. Marco, yeah.
2: uh, Marco coming in with the heel move, uh, breaking Sheena's number one rule of no discussing hey, the weather.
0: You know
3: what? Let's let's just start it early because this this rumble isn't probably going to be a good, uh, a good talking about either.
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's uh, that men's rumble was it was something, but we'll get to that in a bit. Jordan was in the house for it. Jordan, man, what's up?
1: What's up, guys? I'm uh, ready to talk some wrestling with you guys. And, uh, man, it was it was a long weekend. Let's just say that. Um, I'll give you guys some of the highlights of the weekend, but it, it was a long one.
2: <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> uh, Gina, remind the listeners where they can find you guys on social media.
0: You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley. Marco running the Twitter machine over at Chick Foley Show. And you can always join our Foley fam over at ChickFoleyShow.com.
2: Marco what has the pod foundation been up to lately
3: uh a lot of things' we'll we'll, we'll know today with a uh, with the debate turnbuckle debate today uh this, this oh, yeah
2: I heard that was actually one of their best episodes ever
3: I think so yeah I think it's uh record numbers I've heard so far <laughs> for that for that episode uh mainly because it uh the Hale husband uh makes a return to the uh turnbuckle debate uh today and um yeah it was uh, it was it was interesting if you didn't get to listen to it yeah definitely do that it's uh it, it, like I said, it's it's a record-setting uh, episode for them,
2: uh, definitely. And um, we had to give them the Chick Fil A show rub. You oh, know? of
3: course. I mean, I mean, we're already doing that. I mean, I mean, I'm like, I'm a part of their, you know, the Raw Down show for them too. So we're we're just we're kind of taking over the Turnbuckle Tavern.
2: Yeah. Which is Jordan just got done doing a Fig Night with them.
3: Yeah, it's an invasion. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let the invasion angle begin.
2: Yeah, we're like the uh, like the NWO coming in. We just need China <laughs> to come in as Hollywood Hogan now. yeah uh, we want to remind you guys to support our presenting sponsors, ringside collectibles and Chalkline. use code chick Foley to save 10% on all your purchases at ringside and use code PF10 to save 10% courtesy of the pod foundation on everything over at Chalkline. You guys ready to get into the rumble? Yeah. Let's go. Let's rumble. Let's do it. So let's start off with the first match of the night. Crowd was red hot for it. Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns. Um, Jordan, what was it like not having a warm-up match? I thought that I thought that kind of helped out, making the crowd just like super excited for for this to be the first action they saw. That that was different, though. I can't remember the last time we had a show, we had a kickoff show with no matches on it.
1: Yeah, so it was it was kind of weird that you say that. So it, it was advertised that this show was starting at six thirty. Um, so usually that means you're going to see some in-ring action between six thirty and seven. Um, right. So. We're just sitting there, and they keep, like, flashing the lights like something's going to happen. And then with about 15 minutes before the show started, we saw Cole and McAfee walk down the aisle. They didn't do their music or anything. So it was like they were trying to keep it a secret what the first match was going to be. But, I mean, at that point, we could all kind of tell. So the crowd was kind of starting to stir a little bit, so that helped a little. Um But, yeah, man, starting off with a heater is a, definitely an interesting choice. And um, it definitely got the crowd into it right away, I will say that. Yeah, I think
2: looking back, it was so obvious. I don't know how none of us really saw him pulling this move, but Seth coming out with the shield entrance was just crazy. You know, he had the classic gear and the music, put, but it was kind of his new character work going into it. Uh, Sheena, what did you think of the big entrance from Seth?
0: That's what I love so much about it was that he was still, he didn't go full shield mode, but it was the entrance, the um, the gear, all the things. And uh, but he was still the freaking, you know, Seth freaking Rollins, the drip God. And I loved it, man. You could tell it was all manipulation. It was all to get in Roman's head. And I just thought it was brilliant. So I I, I popped huge for it. I mean, as soon as I heard, you know, the Shield music hit, I was just like, oh, my God. So, yeah, it, I, it got me good.
2: Yeah, it was really, really cool. Nice callback. Um, the finish. It's caused a lot of controversy. It really had us going there in the Pod Foundation group chat. Uh, Marco, what was your thoughts on the way they handled this with Roman getting the rare, uh, DQ for not breaking the hold?
3: Um, I mean, my only, I, I, I did like the ending. I, I was one of the positives in the, uh, in the group. Um, just, just cause all the callbacks and all the Easter eggs that they threw in from that whole, from the, you know, when Seth Rollins turned his back on his shield brothers, they pretty much played out that whole scenario, um, at the end of that match, which I thought was really cool. The only thing that I did not like is that the referee threw Seth Rollins' hand on the rope. Like he kind of like he lifted it, but yeah, then he that like,
2: was a little bit of an assist from the ref. There. Yeah, uh, like he gave him the alley oop a little bit there. But,
3: but yeah, and then and then when you want like so tonight on Raw when they're showing the replay, they they cut that out, like him grabbing Seth Rollins' hand. They just had they they cut to like him reaching for the rope and then him like dropping his hand on the rope. So that I'm not sure if that was like a uh, like a botch on their end. Um, Well,
0: I don't think it was just a botch. I think it was just like not just not well-timed or not well-executed. I think the ref
2: may, you know, Seth was deep in that chokehold. I think the ref may have been just trying to help the guys out. Like maybe the ref saw that Seth was maybe like a half inch too far out to really get the solid, grab the rope they were going for. And, Tried to help him out. Yeah, and it was just a little bit too obvious. That. Yeah. You know? But other, yeah, other than that, I mean, I no. did notice that though when it happened though. Yeah. So good call. I yeah. I'm not
0: that. a huge, I mean, I'm never going to be a huge fan for a DQ finish or a uh, time limit draw. It's just not my cup of tea. I like, I like to have a definitive ending. Yeah. However, I will say that the storytelling throughout the match and the fact that, you know, they want this, they're, they're going to keep this few going. So I think we were kind of talking about before this. Uh, before the Royal Rumble, how, you know, Seth and Roman didn't really have a lot of build per se before the actual match. And I think they're going to take all that freaking sizzle that they got from this and just carry it on. So, I mean, I think DQ is really the only way you could protect both guys. Um, And I thought the storytelling, like he literally made Roman snap you know like roman just like could not contain himself you know and we've we haven't really seen roman unhinged yet and yeah. um, i think that's pretty pretty a pretty cool turn and seth was like the baby face of the night man i i they were booing roman out of the freaking building he, yeah, you know I uh, spelled, gonna, uh,
2: yeah it was actually yeah it seemed electric on tv like the crowd was just on fire for seth was was it like that in the building jordan or was it more of a 50-50 split
1: so when roman initially came out it was probably a 50-50 split by um, start of the match. It, this was ninety percent Rollins, ten percent Reigns. I mean, that the Shield entrance just it, it got everybody going, and then um, Seth hit that that first curb stomp, and everybody thought.
0: He, yeah. he was about to win,
1: and that really stirred it up. And then,
0: and then the pedigree, dude. Yeah. I was like, "Oh yeah. shit, like, that's was, it, dude." Yeah, that dude
1: that was he was about got his
2: uh, his baby face moveset mm-hmm. for sure, man. Yeah, it seemed like like when he was uh, the time when he was in the corner doing the burn it down stomps. Like I thought yeah. it was nineteen ninety six with HBK all over again. <laughs> Everybody was on their feet, just going nuts <laughs> for it. Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah. he he manhandled Roman, dude. I mean, he put Roman through the freaking announce desk. I mean, Seth it held Seth held his own, dude. So yeah,
2: I know. I know the the AEW fans out there, you know, they want clean endings or we riot. But I thought the, like Sheena said, I really thought it served multiple purposes. It gave, it leaves some more meat on the bone for when they eventually go back to Seth versus Roman. Because Seth's now 3-0 and o against Roman on pay-per-view. Uh, it gave Roman a new tweak to his character. Like, somebody actually can get inside Roman's head, you know. Like, he got to Roman, even though Roman ended up choking him out. Yep. Like, you know, Roman did it. It was almost kind of like a desperation move. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And and it lets them. It was it's it was still a definitive enough ending that they can kind of go their separate ways for a little bit, you know. Because Roman did end up leaving him laying in the ring, so you know Seth can go do some stuff, and you know maybe they'll bring it back for Mania, maybe it's something we see at SummerSlam. But the crowd's going to be red hot whenever it's time for uh, for Seth and Roman to go at it again on a big stage. Um, The next big match was the Women's Rumble. We'll start off with the good Ronda Rousey comes back. You know, we had mentioned it last week on the show that I think when we recorded on uh, was that Thursday night when we recorded our mm-hmm. rumble preview, there were yeah. starting to be some whispers out there, but it didn't seem like there was a lot to it. And then really by Saturday, it was like by Saturday morning, it was really picking up like this is things going to happen. Um, sure enough, she came back. Uh, Jordan, what was it like when when Ronda's music hit?
1: So. I'll say this. I thought the crowd was most into the women's rumble out of everything that that night. Um, And Rhonda just, it just magnified it. Um, Everybody seemed into everyone that was coming out for the majority. I mean, there was a couple that everybody didn't really care about, but Rhonda really got the crowd. going. Yeah. Yeah. Tamina. Um, But man, They did a good job with the women's rumble. I thought, I I thought it it went, it went well. It moved well. Um, They, they always kept a a bigger um, female star in the ring, which I loved. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Rhonda coming back, that that was just a huge jolt for the women's division. I thought, I mean, she needed to come back and she looked damn good. I mean, there was a couple of moments where you could tell she was kind of stumbling a little bit, but yeah, she,
0: she wasn't. She wasn't her quick, her quick self. But I mean, dude, she just had a baby four months ago, and I mean, and we don't even know when they called her up and were like, "Hey, we need you to fly in for this for this rumble, right?" So I I think mean, it was
2: pretty late. Cause it looked like she was just rocking like some random yoga gear. She didn't really have like yeah. ring gear yeah. or anything ready to go. Um,
0: like. I mean, Ronda Rousey always looks a freak amazing in my eyes, but uh, yeah, you could definitely tell she wasn't her, you know, normal like in ring shape self uh as far as like her speed and stuff some of her like knees and stuff i was like mm, she's really kind of you know lagging on those not that i could do any better <laughs> but uh you know from a from a world-class athlete perspective
2: i didn't count up the uh the final numbers but it seemed like it was about half the people there were like returns or it was like, it was you know, 14
0: no, people were yeah lit, so there like, were 14 legends. like
2: nostalgia acts or returns uh marco what do you think about the the criticism that it was too many you know part-timers uh, in, in the women's rumble
3: um I mean, I mean, it's, you can't really criticize them. I mean, they obviously, we know, the deal, they released a lot of, you know, right. people, not even just the women, but, you know, a lot of their roster was released over the past, like, like last year. Or so, I mean, that that's, that's what they were calling for was to, you know, get, you know, more part-timers in and, you know, probably clearing up that, that salary cap to bring all those ladies in and stuff like that. I mean, that's what I'm assuming anyway. and yeah. You know, I mean, they could have. You know, obviously, they could have used some NXT ladies. Yeah, that was
2: weird. We didn't get any NXT yeah. in the men's or women's rumble. Yeah, like that was another another shot to the heart of uh, NXT, yeah, man. That's yeah. kind of been a highlight over the uh, the last couple of years, seeing who from NXT is, is going to get the, uh, the a couple spots in the rumble. So that w- that was kind of weird. Um, Jordan, so you said Tamina. Who who do you think got the flattest reaction of anybody in the women's <laughs> rumble? Was it Tamina or was it someone else?
1: Oh no, it was Cameron. No question. That music hit, and everybody was like, Are you kidding me? They brought the back <laughs> that didn't know how to pin somebody.
2: Cameron, oh, uh, I she, about got that. To, she
1: got to achieve her lifelong dream, though, dude.
2: She shared the ring with the two competitors from her all time favorite match, Melina versus Alicia Fox. Yeah, but the only <laughs> problem is, on, uh, <laughs> one of them was
1: in there when she came in. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Remember on uh, tough enough yeah. Steve Austin after that and he's just like, What?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: He literally said, What? That was um, so yeah, mad. but you know what? I, you know, it was it was like I wasn't happy. I wasn't like stoked to see her or anything, but she did play a role in the in the Sonya Naomi, uh, you know, further in the feud. So I thought I thought, you know, she she did her she did her thing. Yeah. Wasn't
2: happy. yeah. Really I was about great. to see Sarah Logan back. Big fan yeah, of her. Yeah, so. I pop,
0: I popped for Sarah Logan. There was so many moms in this freaking rumble, dude. There was like freaking I mean, I was like, I was like, that's a mom. That's a mom. That's a mom. You know, maybe it's just my, uh, you know, my mom lens. But uh, I was stoked to see, uh, you know, all those mamas out there kicking ass.
1: Yeah, big mom energy. Mickey big James, mom energy. Mickey James put it down. She got probably one of the best reactions of the night too. Honestly, we had to come out to a
2: hardcore country. She had the belt and the uh, the TNA music man. She
1: and energy she got tonight. a great reaction. Like I don't know how it came off on TV, but her reaction was really good. I was yeah, kind of surprised. She, she got a big pop. Um, let's tie these
2: last two matches we're going to discuss into one because they pretty much run together. We finally saw the dream match, Brock versus Bobby Lashley. Sheena, in your mind, did it live up to the hype?
0: Yeah, it was a good match. I mean, I think after so long of just, um, you know, having my my shit goggles on for Bobby Lashley, it's really hard for me to, like, be super, super excited about it. But I, I enjoyed the match. I thought it was great. And, you know, I mean, I like that it was kind of schmozzy at the end, you know?
2: yeah. Marco, you—I'll give credit where it's due. You were—you were much more accurate on the predictions last week. I was dead ass wrong. I said that Seth was going to win, Brock was going to win, and the night was going to end with Roman Reigns being a babyface, winning the rumble. <laughs> None of those things happened. Seth lost, Brock lost, and Roman went even further to kind of solidify his heel turn. Yeah, Seth won. Uh, well, well, yeah, Seth the, didn't yeah. win the belt. Well, he didn't win yeah. the belt. Yeah, he didn't win the belt. Um, yeah, shout out to Lex Luger, SummerSlam 1993. Um, what uh, what did you think of the whole angle with Roman coming out and reuniting with Paul?
3: Uh, I mean, I thought it was kind of, I thought it was kind of weird. I mean, you know, it was kind of unexpected that Roman Reigns would come out and do that. I thought they were gonna, for me, I thought they were just gonna have that like because they hyped it up so much that you know it was twenty years in the making. You know, Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar, and it ended in that uh, that finish with you know Roman Reigns coming out. Um, you know, they, I think they had to find a way to get Roman. And Brock Lesnar back on the same track, yeah. Um, so yeah. That, that's that's what they did. Um, personally, did not like that match whatsoever. Um, not sure if that's a hot take or not, but did didn't care for it.
2: Didn't, it was decent. I thought like it, it was didn't deliver. Though. Yeah, forgettable. I
0: think is. the yeah. I'm, I'm having
2: trouble like thinking back to any of like the it big was, moments. It was, you know,
0: yeah, it wasn't
3: there wasn't any like big, you know, spots. I mean, it was. Yeah, for me, it was just like a meh. Like they could have, you know, put that on the kickoff. Well, we saw
0: tonight. We saw tonight on Raw. They are keeping. They they did get Brock and Roman back on the same track because you know Brock's already said he's challenging Roman at uh, at WrestleMania. However, he wants it to be a title versus title match, yep. so he entered himself into the Elimination Chamber with yep. with Bobby Lashley. And dude, tonight his promo, I was just cracking up because he was just going Bobby, Bobby, Bob, <laughs> Bobby, and like I feel like I just want to call everybody I know Bobby because it was just so funny. Like he's like Bobby. I'll like, start every sentence with that.
2: Yeah, I don't yeah. know what happened in that like year and a half break Brock had, but he is having so much more fun now than oh, he like, yeah. ever has. He was like Utah. freaking he was it, fist
0: bumping little kids on his way to the ring and stuff tonight, dude. He was uh yeah, I, I love I love Brock 2.0. Yeah,
2: definitely. Um The Men's Rumble. So <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a dud, man. Like it wasn't like horrible and if you guys want to go back in the archives and listen to our Royal Rumble watch-alongs, you know, we've watched some bad rumbles over the last year, the four of us together. Uh, so it wasn't like it, the in-ring action was bad, but it just seemed like there was just no energy to it, man. I think maybe mm-hmm. maybe it's just because it was such a foregone conclusion that Brock was going to come back and win. But I don't really like there were no memorable like surprise entrance, you know, freaking Kofi's like crazy spot, spot failed like that. That should have been like the freaking key sign right there. Like, yeah you know we're we're in for trouble. Jordan, what was it like in the building, man? Were were people frustrated
1: with the men's rumble? Dude, this to me was honestly one of the worst men's Royal Rumbles ever. If you look I at think it's the, definitely worse since 2015, dude, right, if, the year that Roman won. Seriously, just look at the first 20 people that came to that ring and pick out how many actual stars there are. Like It was so glaring. I mean, at one point, AJ was the only star in the ring. The rest of the people were mid-carters or less. Like, it was bad. Like, there was people behind us that were like, so are they going to bring anybody good out? And, I mean, there was kids that were all mad behind us. It's just, I don't know, man. This one just did not hit at all. And it it was kind of disappointing because the night started off so hot with the first two matches. And it like uh, Marco was saying about Lashley Lesnar, um, it it just kind of dudded out when it got to that match. Like the last two matches were just like, I mean, they were there, but yeah, nobody really cared, and everybody knew what the finish of the rumble was gonna be. Like nobody was shocked when Brock came out. Like everybody just expected it.
0: Yeah, but dude, the, they they killed the crowd too because I mean, well, you know, they gotta have that popcorn match before, but they did that. But uh, as an at home viewer, they did like two superstar retrospectives like at 11 o'clock at night like they did this whole sasha banks like you know recap of her career and everything and i was yeah. just like show i was like why are I, we watching this at 11 like there's there's another match there's two more matches that have yeah. to go on tonight. I would not like, have, what are we doing i would not
2: complain one bit if they came out and either cut an angle or just said screw it and move the uh the edge and edge and maurice I every mean, edge and back against and miz match. and maurice to uh to Monday night, you know what I mean? That totally could have main have been Raw. And yeah, that would give yeah. people a reason to tune in and watch. I think yeah, they should match.
3: yeah, I think they should have made that the kickoff. Put that yeah, put that as a kickoff do. match. And then, you know, it gives you more time for the the men's rumble. Because yeah. the other thing too is rushed. Like it, it felt like it was like
2: they are just like, yeah. oh yeah, oh, sure, those shoot people were left and, in right. and yeah. right. Yeah, it was like, yeah, yeah. it was like that ninety-five rumble could, we watched. Since yeah. it
0: was since it was such a small card, they could have just like built to a fever pitch. You know how the old takeovers used to be? It was just like you know, bam, 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 bam. Like you yeah. know, the match was just built and built and built to the main event, and uh, instead they gave us this like you know, up and down, up and down. Where I feel like they could have done the you know the miseries, you know the Dew Drop match, and then just kept on like you know building. Yep, uh, and it would have been a, such a better watch viewing experience.
1: I don't know why we needed four hours, honestly, that, that was, I was so tired by the end of that, that pay-per-view that I was just like, why did we need four hours of this? It wasn't even necessary. Yeah. And like you're saying, it's, it's midnight on the East coast when you guys were finishing that and that's how oh, they yeah. finished it. Like, uh,
0: yeah, thank God it was like, you know, Saturday night, you know, I can't imagine yeah. that was Sunday well, night and everybody having to get up first thing in the morning and, and go to and
1: work. It came out after that night that they had to rush the end of that because they were out of time. Like it couldn't, they didn't want to go over four hours. So the end of the rumble was rushed.
2: Yeah, they were really, I mean, it was, I wasn't timing it, but it felt like some of those, it was like, as soon as the guy got to yeah. the ring, and kind of got squared up with somebody, bam, the countdown's going again. Yeah. Well, another thing I think that like low key contributed to the lack of like just fun rumble moments is the huge decline in the quality of entrance music over the last year, since they got rid of CFO and I think deaf rebel or something is the new group that's doing the WWE's music. They're all so generic. Like half the time, you know, the, they do the countdown, the buzzer hit when I'd hear that music start, it still took me a minute to process. Like who's actually coming out now. You know what I mean? Where it used Mm -hmm. to be like instantly, you know, okay, here comes AJ, here comes Rey Mysterio or whoever. Uh, so I, I think that's something that they need to work on too, between this time and next year, like just gives these guys some more definitive themes, man. Like everybody, I feel like half the roster has the exact same theme music nowadays. Um, from inside the building, Jordan, was there any surprising reactions? Like anybody that was either way more over or way
1: less over than, than you were expecting? Um, Johnny Knoxville got more of a pop than I honestly thought he would get. (laughs) <laughs> um, I was honestly surprised that Mickey James got as big of a pop as she did, to be completely honest. Um, yeah, those are, pr- Johnny Knoxville looked all right, man. He threw a hell of a forearm on yeah. AJ. Yeah. Those were probably the two that kind of stood out as like, I didn't know what kind of reactions either one of them would get. And they actually both got decent reactions. So, um, just piggybacking off that Johnny Knoxville thing. So they had the shirt stands and there was three wrestlers that had shirts for sale when it started. They had an Orton uh, Royal Rumble shirt. They had the Reigns shirt, the um, needle mover, and they had a Johnny Knoxville shirt. That was the only three wrestler shirts that were on sale when the night started. Wow. Wow. Jeez that's crazy so what did they
2: like bring more stuff out as the show went on or so
1: what? The, they had all like the normal like Rumble shirts like oh, I was there things like that and then after Rhonda returned they brought out her shirts and then as uh. Shane returned they brought out his shirts he got a good reaction too and then obviously at the end they uh they had a bad bunny shirt too so
0: was Were any of you guys happy to see Shane? I was not happy to see. I mean, I, I guess I wasn't not happy. I just was indifferent about seeing Shane. Yeah. I was just like, oh, here we go again. So if, like, it was,
2: if the rumble had been banging up to that point, I would have been like, oh, cool. Now here's Shane, too. But the fact that I was already kind of let down, it's like, oh, God. No, and
0: Shane ended to up out. in, like, the final four. I'm like, how? Shane's yeah. always going like, to be book strong. Like, what the hell? Like, why Shane is Shane in the a, final four?
2: Because he's a McMahon. He's always going to be book strong. Also, you know that. Yeah, so I was,
3: I was reading, like, some, uh like, there's like a bunch of news that like came out. We were talking about this in the, in the group chat. And one of them was, uh, I guess like Shane was like one of the kind of like producers on the show, essentially. And I guess he wanted, he wasn't supposed to be in the rumble. Essentially. That's what I'm, that's what I was reading. Supposed to be Mm. Seth Rollins was supposed to be in his spot.
2: Yeah, I feel like they probably would have. Uh, I was thinking about that, like just me putting my Booker hat on. I feel like they they knew that if Seth would have come out, you know, limped out like Bret Hart at the '94 Rumble. Yeah, um, I think he would have had the babyface reaction, and people just would have been disappointed, yeah. and probably booed if Brock still won. I think they want to make sure Brock got the big babyface reaction yeah. at the end of the night. But, but he did. I feel
1: like they de- the crowd definitely would have went for Seth. He they still to be- he still didn't get that reaction though, dude. People were pissed that he actually won that Rumble, like. We all knew I get stunning. it, but I mean,
0: what did people expect was going to happen? I mean, I know in our little minds when we're fantasy booking stuff, we're out here like, oh man, what if like Riddle won the Rumble? Like, that would be so cool, you know? Like, this guy finally gets made. But I mean, it's we're on the road to WrestleMania, dude, and the guy driving the freaking eighteen wheeler is Brock freaking Lesnar. You know, yeah. I, I just I, I, don't not, I don't know I don't know what everybody thought was going well, to it, happen there. Yeah, it's
3: that conversation like uh, that I like kind of mentioned that like they're not like it's it, they're not building stars. They're not building enough, you know, star power to you know people like second guess who's in a main event WrestleMania, and uh, you yeah. can you can clearly see it by like obviously the. The, re- re- the releases that they've had, as well, well I mean, as and if like, you go
0: back and look at the landscape of WrestleMania over the last few years, I mean, it's it's a pretty repetitive. That's part, what I mean. But so, you know?
3: so the other the question is like, what happens when uh, Brock Lesnar can't perform at Mania
2: anymore? Who, who's going
0: to be that? Why that
3: uh, bring,
2: nah, that's why you got that.
0: They're going to bring back the Undertaker. No,
2: that's why you got that Brock Lesnar 2.0 guy uh, down at NXT right now. What's his name? The uh, I think he's going by Harlan right yeah, now. Gunner, but he's dude Gunner he's,
1: Harlan. Yeah.
2: No. Yeah. He's a dude that used to look just like uh, Brock Lesnar that oh, they signed. God. Parker Bordeaux. That guy. I yeah. Mean,
1: yeah but, but exactly what Sheena just said is yeah, we all knew it was coming. And what else are you supposed to do? With, like that's the problem. Like
0: it is the that, that is the problem. Yes, well, I but think, I don't know why everybody like the the outrage was just like I felt like it, even though you could be disappointed, I felt like the outrage was just like guys like. How long have you been watching WWE? Yeah. Like, I don't know why. I don't know why you guys are like getting it's like when I used to watch the Falcons, you know, and they would get their ass kicked and I would get upset. I'm like, why am I getting upset? <laughs> like I knew I knew they were gonna blow this lead. Like yeah. I don't know what I was what I was thinking. I've been watching this shit for years. Why did I think, you know, that they had it in them to to pull off this win? It's the same thing with WWE. Like it, as long as Vince is in charge, you know that like you know how his brain works and mm-hmm. what he's gonna do and what yeah. strings he's gonna pull. And I don't know why everybody's, like, getting their, you know, panties in a wad about...
2: Well, no, it's because we deserve good storytelling. We do like, deserve
0: it, but, I mean, why are can, we expecting you know, it at this point?
2: No, you know that Roman and, uh, I mean, yeah, you know that Roman and Brock's going to main event at WrestleMania, but let's come up with a more creative path to get there. Like, it can be done. We've seen them do it before. Look at how they got to Kofi and Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 35. Yeah. That was... Great. Kofi didn't win elimination chamber, you know what I mean? Kofi had to go through gauntlet match after gauntlet match. They had the new day that had to win for Kofi. Like they're capable of doing it, but this was just the most—I pre- mean, literally, like anybody that's watched wrestling before knew Brock Lesnar's coming out at number thirty. He's going to win the rumble. Yeah, um, it's pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty much just the most low-effort story they could have told. Yeah, it's, I mean, good.
1: Yeah, so I, I guess my thing is—is is like, okay, we all knew this was going to happen. That Roman and Lesnar are going to main event wrestlemania like that was a foregone conclusion and if it does end up being title for title it makes a lot more sense um but if we already knew that was going to happen anyway like would anybody have been shocked if if uh lesnar did not win the rumble and then came out on smackdown this week and is like oh we're gonna finally do this at wrestlemania and then they would have just made the match on smackdown on friday night like would anybody have been shocked by that
0: no i mean because brock lesnar brock lesnar can pretty much book i mean we we have seen he booked himself into money in the bank he's booked himself into the royal rumble he just (laughs) he just booked himself into the elimination chamber like brock is lawless he has no he has no higher power so i I guess that's probably why
1: people are pissed about the rumble finish because in the end he can still do what he wants he didn't need to win the rumble to do that
0: exactly Yeah, yeah you're
1: right yeah. And, and th- there was a rumor today that they originally wanted Riddle to win the Royal Rumble. And then when, when you see that, it's like, well, great. That's going to make it feel even worse now. I mean, it's, yeah. I just don't get it.
3: Yeah. You yeah. know, even if he did win the Rumble, like obviously, you know, he he could main event WrestleMania, but this time in between that, like if they didn't want him to main event WrestleMania, they could, you know. You know, put a stipulation where he faces somebody, and they take his spot. At like they could have done, you know, just have him win the rumble. Like just have him do it. You give the fans what they want, and then like take that opportunity away from him later yeah, on. If Riddle they versus to, like.
2: Brock, Riddle versus Brock could main event a pay per view. That's a match people want to see for a really long time. You know, mm-hmm. it'd be badass. Yeah, I mean, let that be a match at Elimination Chamber, and uh yeah, then you get Brock back in the main event. Yeah, like, just,
3: I, lo- I mean, you, you get to learn like as a. As a WWE fan, you got to know that there's, you know, three guarantees in life. That's death, taxes, and Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar at a WrestleMania.
2: Yeah. So, you
1: know,
2: yeah. Know I mean, Yeah. It's-, yeah. <laughs> it's been the defining rivalry of the WWE for the last, going on, seven years now, man. So it is, you know, you can't say they don't do long-term storytelling. It's just not the long-term storytelling that we It's the longest want. terms of storytelling yeah. that they're doing yeah. right now. <laughs> Let's, uh, let's rinse all this negativity out with a nice drink. All right, Sheena, what are you sipping on tonight?
0: I have like a little, keeping a sober Sally tonight. Um, I got a little micro scoop of, uh, you know, pre-workout that I'm sipping on, uh, diluted with water because I don't want to stay up too late, but I I needed to bring some energy to the, to the pod tonight because I had a early morning trying to get up and get my get my life together before the kids wake up so i have i have a new goal this week and man that 4am wake up call is kicking my ass right about now
2: yeah same i'm actually this might be a first i think there may have been I don't think I've ever Kept it sober on here I think there may have been One show where For whatever reason I just didn't have a drink I just went straight parch mode uh, But yeah I'm just drinking A watermelon Red Bull man. i say They had a, a rough Monday At work And uh trying to Keep the energy up So yeah it's, You get the sober versions Of, wow. uh, of the Phelps fam Tonight uh, Jordan what are you Drinking man
1: uh, I'm drinking The old trusty Broken skull tonight um, I, I also had a rough Monday at work But what better Way to wash it down Than with a broken skull that's yeah,
2: right. yeah, yeah, that sounds pretty good. I feel like I need to run to my beer fridge now. <laughs> yeah. Marco, what are you drinking, man? Um, um,
3: continue to drink the uh, – I post it on my uh, Instagram. It's a, uh, it's a beer called – Woo. it's a Ric Flair-inspired beer. Um, it's by the Greater Good, uh, which is kind of funny because obviously that's a, the Seth Rollins uh, old moniker. Yeah, um, the Messiah. Yeah, but it's the, uh, the greater good. Uh, it's based in uh, Worcester or Worcester, however you want um, to pronounce
2: it. Yeah, That's how I say
3: it. It's a, a 10% imperial, juicy, hazy wow. IPA. Mm,
2: it's,
3: a, it's actually, it's, it's sweet. It's a sweet uh,
2: it's IPA. It's nice. Nice man and uh thoughts and prayers to uh Rick Flair came out tonight he's going through his fifth divorce man so yeah that's him and then all uh Fifi, the maid are splitting up after 5 years I a it's, that's a old mofo to be going through a
1: divorce man yeah there were signs of it this weekend in St. Louis at his show definitely uh signs that he was uh definitely free again he was definitely. Was it, were the signs
2: more clear or less clear than that picture of him on the train in Mexico going down on that chick? Um,
1: so that's. Let's, let's just say this: that they they were definitely more clear as he was hitting on every chick that was in the building. So. So um, that was him then. That picture. Yeah. Right,
2: the timeline makes sense, man. <laughs> I mean, that was like three months ago, and now suddenly he's getting divorced. Yeah. Like I said. <laughs> I feel like to me it would take a lot to get divorced when you're that old man just the uh, the energy and everything to go through it all man like i mean a picture sorry. like
3: a picture like that float uh like washing up on the internet would definitely uh would you know set the uh, gears in motion for a divorce yeah. i would think
2: all right before we get into figure four let's hear from the two bad chads
3: drop by and visit the turnbuckle tavern every thursday we give you the most in-depth analysis of all things aew as well as dive into impact wrestling nwa and all things indie if you like heated debates compelling interviews and a shot of nostalgia you'll love the turnbuckle tavern available on apple and spotify drink it in it always goes down smooth
2: All right, it's time for the weekly figure four. I want to remind you guys to use code Chick Foley to save 10% on all of your figure purchases at Ringside Collectibles. All right, so uh, we were kind of talking in the, the pregame, the before the show. I think we are going to, do, to possibly do an all-figure-related episode next week to kind of just get caught up on all of the news and figure releases from the month of January and first week of February uh, it's been so much going on in the world of wrestling that uh, we haven't quite gotten as deep on the figure news lately. Cause there's been some really interesting stuff happen. but it's just like, you know, little tidbits, like, you know, a cello release on the way here, somebody new announced for zombie Sailor toys, stuff like that. So we may do like a, uh, yeah, a figure catch up uh, episode next week. So let us know if that's something you guys would be interested. What we want to do tonight though, for figure four is do some classic figure reviews. Sheena's going to hit us with the how many chicks. So we have, the newly released Ultimate Edition Series 12 and AEW Unrivaled Series 8. Uh, Marco, Jordan, either one of you guys got these figures yet?
3: Um, I got the UE12 uh, this past week. I have not received my Unrivaled 8 yet. That's on its way.
2: Jordan? I do not have either. All right, Sheena, do you want to start with the Ultimates or with Unrivaled? Let's
0: start with the Ultimates.
2: Okay, so we're Sheena is looking at the Ultimate Edition Alexa Bliss. This is her first time in the Ultimate line. Yeah. Uh, kind of give us your initial thoughts, Sheen.
0: It's a beautiful figure. I feel like Alexa's had some really great figures in the past. Um, her face scan looks great. You kind of have the, your your basic um, you know, baby face Alexa look, and then uh, you got freaking Firefly Funhouse playground swinging alexa um i don't know i feel like i would have rather had her if i mean i guess it doesn't matter to me because i'm a loose collector but if i was moc collector i would have rather had her kind of in her um firefly funhouse gear i feel like that's what makes this figure special because alexa's had some really great elites i feel like being able to turn her into the the regular alexa would have been more um fitting than just having all the accessories to turn her into firefly funhouse alexa but i love the um the detailing on the shoes, she's got like paint apps on the shoes that look really nice. Uh, the little leather dress, all soft goods. I think it's it's a great looking fig.
2: To me, the figure by itself is really cool. Definitely Alexa Bliss's um, best figure. I still love that Elite Fifty Three that she had with like the uh, the blue and pink gear and everything. I thought that was really cool. Um, I got beef with this one though. I feel like it had to include Lily. Like I don't. It, to me, this doesn't feel like a true Ultimate Edition because it's missing like. The key accessory from this run. I told that you doll. that's going to
0: come in a ringside exclusive. Dude, I get they're going to they're going to freaking parse that out. I was I yeah. was cool
2: to wait for ringside to get like this. I was assume, I'm assuming at some point we'll get a ringside where we get the swing set, but I feel like this needed to have the doll in there, yeah. so that knocks it down a peg for me. Uh, Marco, what's your thoughts on it?
3: Um, yeah, no, same sentiments. Uh, de- definitely the the head scans. Def- I think it's definitely better than the uh, past Alexa Bliss ones because I think that was kind of like a. Like kind of like a running joke on some of them, like the head scans were kind of not accurate. This one actually looks pretty good. Um, the The only thing I really like is the uh, that I mean, not that they could really do anything, but like she has like the she has her regular gear on for in the package, but then like she has like the the shoes, like the um yeah the the playground the car, shoes. Black, oh, shoes. Yeah, I'm not sure yeah. how they could have like you know switched that up. Maybe like you could probably like pop the legs out and put new legs in or something like that, but or take the feet off or something like that and switch them up. So you can get like two full versions of it. Not kind of like a mishmash, but other than that, I, I think it's a pretty decent figure. I mean, as far as like the, you know, the cloth goods and stuff like that, um, definitely needed the Lily, um, uh, yeah. doll.
0: It's a, it's a glaring absence. Yeah, definitely. It could have definitely went right here where one of these extra soft goods t-shirts is. We only really needed one soft goods t-shirt, yeah. like a pink t-shirt and then put Lily right there where they got the black t-shirt. Yeah.
2: All right. So put the final verdict on it, Shane. How many chicks?
0: I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it a four. Okay, four. Solid yeah. rating.
2: All right. Let's move on to the figure that almost ended me and Jordan's friendship. We got into a heated <laughs> debate uh, about this the ultimate fiend from WrestleMania. Give us your thoughts, Shane.
0: Yeah. So this is Bray Wyatt's last appearance. Um, you know, his last match in WWE. So it's, it's a very significant figure if nothing else. Um, I don't know if I like it better than, you know, his, uh, his elite, but, um, it's a totally different figure now that I'm looking at it. At first, I was like, "It's the same exact as, as his elite figure," but uh, and it caught Seth was like, "No, it's absolutely not the same." <laughs> same
2: thing I said to Jordan.
0: Yeah, and uh, jo- yeah, Jordan was the same as me. He was like, "Dude, it's the same figure," but you know, when you look at it, uh, it's a totally different face scan. It's kind of when he went through that transformation, coming out of being the crispy fried fiend. Different uh, upper body. Yeah, different upper body. Different He's got boots. different boots. Um, the the face scan with the mouth open is freaking wicked, dude. I mean, that looks. Incredible. I mean, even if I wasn't a wrestling fan, um, and I just wanted like a cool ass figure, I feel like th- this freaking fits the bill. But um, I feel like it would
2: have been cool if they would have tied in what they did with the Fiend's Motu figure and had an articulated jaw. Like it's just something yeah. to make it extra special. Because this is, I, I will give Jordan props for that. You know, it is kind of a weird figure that they did an ultimate of this. Um, because I feel like the crispy fried Fiend would have made a much better Ultimate Edition figure. You know. Mm-hmm. I I would have if I had my way I would have swapped I would have put this in the regular elite line because it is a cool figure, um and I would have made the the crispy fried fiend the uh, the ultimate edition I really feel like they could have gone all out with it even though they did do a really good job with that one in elite um, yeah. Jordan what, what's your big beef with this figure man
1: <laughs> so all right so I think my biggest beef with this is we get eight at most ultimate editions a year like we're already getting a repeat of a current wrestler. And I don't know, man. I get that the top is different and stuff. I I get it. But it's still similar to the one we already got. I mean, no, it's not the exact same. It's just, I I, I don't know, man. I'm not a huge fan of repeats as is. And I love this line, obviously. And I'll still get it. But, man, dude, I think my other problem is I hate this match, too. I think that's probably part of it. Yeah,
0: The match was terrible. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that's probably part of it, too. It got some sentimental value for me
2: because I've really grown to love Bray. I feel like I actually appreciate him more since he's been gone. Um and it is, like Sheena said, his last appearance in WWE to commemorate it. Uh Marco, what'd you think of it, man?
3: Yeah, no, I, I, I sided with Jordan the last time we spoke about this. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan of it at all. I definitely think the other UE is a better um overall representation of the fiend. Uh for sure. Obviously the head scan, you know, it's 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 a couple of, you know, um, series down so it definitely obviously is going to be a little bit more detailed and a little bit better but you could if you want you just take that head skin off and put it on the other other feed figure and have like the yeah. real ultimate feed if you need
2: yeah um i agree yeah if you're only gonna have one definitely you got to get the one from his uh his debut look you know what would have been awesome man if they were bent on doing a bray if we would have got like the original like cult leader oh. Bray wyatt from 2014 as Dude, an ultimate that would have been so yeah they could have done it because he he brought it back for the swamp fight you know what i mean so it wouldn't be like super out of date like i just that that would be incredible like that that would actually be like one of my most wanted figures man because you know as i've mentioned multiple times elite 28 bray was the first figure on in my mattel collection so Mm -hmm. again a ton of sentimental value for me with uh with bray wyatt man um yeah i like this figure though i i agree though there's I could think of 30 people I would have rather had in the line before getting another fiend, but judging the figure by itself, I think it's pretty cool. So let's hear the verdict, Sheen. How yeah. many chicks?
0: I mean, as a standalone figure, um, like all that aside, like who we would have rather seen. I mean, I, I give this figure a five. I think it's, um, I think it's awesome.
2: Wow. All right. Let's move on to AEW Unrivaled A. We're hitting the highlights on this set. We're not doing every single one. Uh, Which one do you want to talk about first Sheen? To talk about the best friends together. Yeah. All right. So we got Trent. And Chuck Taylor here. They
0: did they did Chucky wrong, dude. Yeah, they, they did my
2: boy Chuck dirty with this head scan. This it head looks scan like straight is, out. Of, it looks like a Jack's Bone crunching action figure. Yeah,
0: it's 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 not good, not good at all. Um, other than that, I mean, pretty basic black gear. I like um Trent's a little better. He's got the knee pads with the you know the little paint apps on them and stuff, but.
2: I can finally replace my, uh, I think it's like basic 18, Trent Beretta uh, basic figure. Yeah, these are pretty (laughs) cool. Also, we need somebody to do some some figure research for us. I believe, so Chuck Taylor on the back of his tights, he has Kentucky Gentleman written. I think that might be the first time um, in the history of wrestling figures that somebody actually has the word Kentucky on their gear, man. So, it's pretty cool for a couple uh, native Kentuckians like me and Sheen. We got the pain maker, Chris Jericho. Love this this figure. This
0: figure looks awesome, dude. I mean,
2: it's Chris Jericho and his cool dad, hot topic gear. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's, exactly, that, that's, that's exactly it. Yeah. I love the, uh, you know, the road warrior <laughs> style jacket um, with the scarf, the face paint, the hat. I love how they did the ombre on the jacket with the black leather and it kind of like fades down into this like deep red. Um, looks great. Oh, yeah beautiful figure.
2: And then I think we got the MVP of the set stat.
0: Yeah, Chris Statlander, this figure looks awesome, dude. Super colorful, super toyetic. They got her little lip ring and everything. The the tattoo detailing and whatnot, like uh, or the like sleeve detailing is just beautiful. Uh there's lots of details. She got like the uh, the snakeskin boots. She just looks like a million bucks, dude. Love, love, love this figure. Do you
2: think that's the best women's figure that AEW's done?
0: No, it's got to be um, our our girl uh, Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose. <laughs> I still think
2: the Ty Conti is probably the best, no, but this one's definitely the most toyetic.
0: Yeah, this is that's yeah. This one's the most toyetic. I think Ty Conti is the most accurate, but yeah, this yeah. one is the most uh, the most toyetic for sure.
2: For any of our listeners out there, uh, I am in desperate need of the Chase Mox from this set. I know that thing's going to be pricey, but I've I've wanted a, a Mox figure in his like New Japan gear for a while, so. If anybody's out there, I stay PayPal ready. So hit me up if uh, I will make it worth your while. If you, if you happen to track that figure down, let's get into weekly purchases, uh, Marco. What have you picked up lately?
3: Oh man, uh, so we picked up the, uh, the Legend series, um, Bob Orton, obviously Triple H, uh, both uh, Jake the Snakes. Not which, not sure which one I like better out uh, of the Jake the Snakes. The gear on both of them is pretty, pretty sweet. I do like the uh, yeah. you know, like the the blue kind of pops on it, um, on the on the regular version one.
2: They've been going heavy on the Jake figures since uh, Legends came back, but yeah. dude, I'll be damned if they're not all badass figures, man.
3: Yeah, no, he. I mean, he's a, he he's not the most like toyetic guy, but like the the gear that he that he rocked back back yeah, in the day. I, feel is like definitely, I gotta have them all, man. Yeah, like, definitely. Like I, I have way
2: too many. I have way too many Jake the Snake figures, but. I feel like I uh, can't. I just can't bear to get rid of any of them, man. They all look so good.
3: I think the yeah, uh, the sleeper out of that set is definitely the hurricane. The hurricane looks sick, and I'm not sure
2: if you guys have seen that up close yet. Yeah, it is um, cool figure. I it, actually saw that one at Target last it, week. It's pretty
3: awesome. Um, other than that, that's pretty much that's pretty much it for my. Uh, just wait, and then, and then obviously the UE, uh, um, fiend and Alexa Bliss. But other than that, that's pretty much it for me.
2: Nice. Jordan, I know you've been pounding the pavement there in uh, Nebraska, man. What all have you grabbed recently for
1: yourself? So I've got, obviously, all the legends since the last time we talked about this. Um, I got the Sting uh, Walmart exclusive. How great is that figure, man? I I got that also. It's so good. Um, Tremendous. I got the entire Royal Rumble set. That is phenomenal, that Yokozuna. How's
2: that Yokozuna look? I, actually, I haven't seen it in person, man. It's phenomenal. I had, the, I had the White Trunks Yokozuna that came in the Hall of Fame line back in 2015, so I didn't, wasn't necessarily planning on adding this one, but I was definitely going to you know, at least give it a once-over once, over once I, if I ever saw it in person, so it's pretty nice.
1: Yeah, it's really good. I think that and the Dakota Kai are the two best figures in that set um yeah. they're bold. we gotta
2: get a Mr fuji to go with that salt bucket man yeah. Yoko comes with it. it's torture dude that he comes with the salt bucket accessory but we have no mr fuji
1: yeah those they're they're all really good though and then I got um i completed the last two sets of masters of the universe um I think that's it. Nice. Yeah, I got the last of the Motu figures in from
2: ringside as well. Um, I've, I've been picking up some basics, man. I've been going hard on the suited basics. I grabbed to go with my Santos Escobar uh, Elite. I grabbed the Raw Mendoza and Joaquin Wild. Uh, those basics with the, the face paint and everything, those are very, very cool figures. And then I got the suited MVP to go with that new Bobby Lashley. Uh, still hoping that we get Cedric and Shelton in their Hurt Business gear, but I'm getting a little bit worried because... You know, her business is kind of getting further and further in the rear view, and we haven't seen anything about new elites for those guys. I feel like we definitely need those. Um, I grabbed Ric Flair Galoob. Uh, I still think that's one of Ric Flair's best figures, still piecing together the Galoob collection. I got the Smoking Skull Belt from Forbidden Figurine. So she's finally getting caught up on um, some of her orders. So if you've been waiting to pull the trigger, they are definitely the best figure belts that you can have in your collection. Um, and then I was wondering if you guys were going to pick this up or not. I found the Wrecking ATV at, uh, my local target. I wanted to get that to go with my stone cold Steve Austin figures. Uh, have you, have you guys seen this thing in person yet? No. Yeah. I it's, it's pretty cool, man. It's articulated. It is like the rest of the wrecking gear that it's got features where, you know, you can break it apart and stuff. So you got to be a little bit careful with it, but, uh, but yeah, I can't wait to bust this thing out and, you know, throw Stone Cold Steve Austin on it and uh, and play around with it. It looks pretty cool. What uh, what figure what vehicles do you guys want next in the, the figure world?
1: Dude, I, I said this um, earlier tonight on Fig Night, but could you guys imagine if they did a Road Warriors like uh, motorcycle set? Like SummerSlam 92
2: style? Yes, exactly. 92? Yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. I mean, you could grab the two of the wrecking cycles and throw them on there. Yeah. Yeah. But we need the gold shoulder pads though, man, to go uh to go with them to really complete the look. Dude, it's weird that you say that, Jordan. You know what I was thinking? You remember that Hearse that Undertaker came in on SummerSlam ninety two where he was like standing on the back of it? Yeah. Right? Like that would be awesome too.
1: Summerslam yeah. ninety two was that was, that was a big event for uh vehicles, man. That's could right. Have, could have the big boss man cop car dragging the coffin behind it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> big shows dad oh man.
2: Big show's daddy.
1: <laughs> Yikes. <laughs>
2: That's that so fruit. diabolical, dude. Bossman <laughs> really doesn't get credit for being the horrible heel that he really was. You <laughs> know, you know somebody who uh, has definitely like aged well, man. Is nails, dude. I think nails was telling the truth about Bossman, you know, brutalizing him and handcuffing him to his bed and beating him with a nightstick. And oh stuff. yeah, I don't think you know nails was presented as a heel.
0: Some people are into that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> wow. That I think. True. Uh, I think. Uh, I think nails was serious though. Nails was uh, was telling us the truth all along, and we still want to hear it. You know, it took another five or six years for uh, for uh, Boss Man's true colors to really show, man. Because that dude was as evil as it gets. Um, all right, let's hear from Extra Cooler before we get into our retro wrestling recommendation of the week.
3: Hey everyone, it's Nick, better known as Extra Cooler. Is there anything better than diving back into the wrestling archives and watching classic matches from the past? Yes, there is. It's doing that with your buddies while cracking jokes and enjoying some ice-cold beverages. If that sounds like fun to you, then be sure to check out my new podcast, The Extra
0: Cooler Show, where each episode, my Survivor Series team and I review an old-school match chosen by you, the listeners. The Extra Cooler Show is available wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Be sure to subscribe and follow us for new episodes every other Thursday morning.
2: Retro Wrestling Recommendation of the Week is where myself, the heel husband, Chick Foley, and Marco, the MVP, give you guys a recommendation from a match or event from years gone by to get you through the weekend. This segment is brought to you by our good friends at Chalkline. Chalkline specializes in bringing you the absolute best in retro-inspired fanware. They can be found on Instagram at chalklineofficial or at chalk-line.com.
0: All right, guys, and you know we cannot start the retro wrestling recommendation of the week without our chalk line check-in. This is where I'm going to ask the heel husband which of his 60 pair of chalk line shorts he is rocking for tonight's episode. So heel husband, what you wearing?
2: Tonight, I went with the classic pink Razor Ramon uh, shorts. So th- these are a perfect match with his Defining Moments figure that uh, came out. That was another one of the first elites in in my collection. Love these. these they've dropped these in... Uh, Red or red, blue, pink, purple, and green. So I think some of them are still in stock on Chalkline, and they've they've done a few restocks. But yeah, love the Razor shorts, and obviously we're big fans of Scott Hall over here. I'll kick it off. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I got some sentimental value for Bray, or sentimental uh, you know feelings on Bray this week, getting that figure from his last look at WrestleMania. So I was thinking of him, and then I was thinking about the Shield after Seth's entrance on Saturday night. So I'm taking it back. It's crazy. This is a retro pick at this point, but this match happened eight years ago now elimination chamber 2014 the shield versus the wyatt family for my money one of the best six-man tag matches of all time and uh it's just a banger and then they had a rematch on raw a couple weeks later that's damn near just as good so check out those series of matches from early 2014 between the shields and the wyatt's jordan what's your pick
1: so in honor of lita coming back for the royal rumble i went with the lita match and how could I not go with Alita versus Trish Stratus match? So I went with Lita versus Trish Stratus at Unforgiven 2006. This was basically the uh, end of their six-year rivalry, and they capped it off at Unforgiven, and it's just a really good match.
2: Nice. Uh, we got to take a quick pause from the cause. So we're watching Raw on mute right now. Shout-out to Rey Mysterio. Had the Bengals gear ready to go. Raw's in Cincinnati tonight. You know, the Bengals going to the Super Bowl for the first time since – Freaking nineteen eighty eight and uh he had the Bengals gear on deck, ready to go, man. Yeah, right. So good call, oh, Ray. Ray
0: Ray's the ultimate baby face. Definitely. Literally, you know, rocking the Bengals gear, coming down, you know, you know, going head to head with these little kids. I was just watching him like that's the sweetest thing. Like I just baby
2: face is the sense. He's man. he's
0: the best, dude.
2: All right, Marco, what's your pick? Um, I'm gonna
3: go with a uh if you if you wanna like, you know, wash your palate of the uh Royal Roma match this year, uh you can go all the way back to two thousand seven. <laughs> Um, and watch the the Royal Rumble match, um, and this is the first time that there are three brands a part mm-hmm. of the match. So it was ECW at the time, SmackDown, and Raw. Um, and then the winner um, of the Royal Rumble would actually get a you know you get your choice and choose between SmackDown, Raw, and then ECW. So you could actually go for the ECW championship at the time as well. Um, nice. And, was that the
2: year when the uh, the, the final two was Shawn and the Undertaker, and they went at it for a while?
3: Yeah, it was Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. Yeah, and they, uh, you know, Undertaker had the bloodied face, and you know he was a thirtieth entrant, I believe.
2: Yeah, um, they probably had like a whole freaking match there, yeah, at the, uh, for the final two. So they have like
3: a like a precursor match before their uh, their their epic showdown. But um, yeah, definitely go back and watch it. Um, it. It just it just makes you think that they could have done this this year with NXT, like it could have been NXT SmackDown and Raw. And had like the, you know, the future stars of, you know, WWE do battle in the Royal Rumble. But um, since you didn't get to do, see it this year, you can definitely go back to 2007 and see
2: it um, that time. Yeah. Great pick. And Sheena?
0: I'm going to go with since we, you know, we got to see Seth Rollins get his third victory over Roman Reigns on a pay-per-view. I'm going to take you back. You know, we, we've. Uh, Suggested everyone go back and watch WrestleMania 31 because it's one of our favorite matches ever. But uh, I'm going to take you back to the second time that Seth Rollins beat Roman Reigns, and that was Money in the Bank 2016. They went head to head. This was, uh, you know, right after Rollins made his victorious return. Uh, You know, he he rebuilt, uh, reclaimed all the things. What was it? (laughs) Rebuild, uh, recycle, (laughs) recycle. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, he came back, beat Roman clean as a sheet, and um, unfortunately, it was a short-lived title reign but um yeah excellent match and uh, it was cool because all three members of the shield held the title in one night so uh definitely check that out
2: that's actually one of the best pay-per-views of like the last five or six years you probably just watched that whole show man you had a great money in the bank match and then uh john cena and aj had a really good match on that show too so yeah, yeah. money in the bank 16 was awesome And you had
0: the golden truth versus brazango yeah
2: that was the <laughs> that was the day that the Cavs beat the warriors in game seven i remember uh they were stalling. So that money in the bank show is super long. They threw a uh, uh, Titus O'Neill and Rusev out there and uh, they were stalling. Like it literally, like they were waiting for the Cavs and Warriors to end before they started Seth and Roman. Cause like they had like a pre-match angle and then there was just way more like just walking around the ring than you would normally see. Like so there was, somebody was clearly in the ref's ear, like telling them, no, tell the guys go three more minutes. Uh, Cause they did not, they were not trying to compete with that legendary uh, NBA game.
1: Really? That Real was a pretty quick.
2: good uh, night for you, huh, Jordan?
1: That was a solid night. I think that was about the drunkest I've ever been in my life. Um, <laughs> I, I fell asleep on the basement floor. Um, it was uh, That was Father's Day, too. That was one of my yeah. first couple Father's Days. And, man, that was uh, that was quite the night. Yeah, that was a hell of a finals.
0: Yeah, I had to jump in because it was bothering. It was like, you know, tweaking my brain that I could not think of Seth Rollins' slogan. It was, redesign, rebuild. Reclaim. Yeah.
2: The Triple R movement. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Let's hear from Coming Down the Aisle.
1: Coming Down the Aisle. Do you want to feel the war of the crown? Just strap on those spandex undies and listen
3: to the Coming Down the Aisle podcast hosted by me, J Bone. Each week, I have a guest ranging from wrestlers, podcasters, and even some family members. The guests pick the match and we talk about it along with their fandom. Also, each week, I provide my analysis of the wide world of wrestling and some figure talk. So get on, eat up, and subscribe to the Coming Down the Aisle podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts today.
2: Ooh, yeah, dig it. Shane, we got listening mail this
0: week? We sure do. All right. Jason Kanan comes in and he says, "What other wrestling streaming services do y'all subscribe to, and/or willing to do so? I want to make the jump into Noah."
2: That's a little too too deep for uh, for my wrestling fandom. I, I keep up with the, the what they're doing like through Reddit and stuff, but um, I don't know if I'd actually like subscribe to it. I thought about getting New Japan World once, like. This was back before Stella was born. So this would have been like late 2018, early 2019, when I just had a little bit more time to really dive into when it. you like,
0: still living the good life. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. When,
2: when it was a little bit easier. Like I was just... His job like I said, was, I was easier. Yeah, yeah, I was just more into it, man. I had more free time to uh, really watch This was back when I was buying um, like NWA pay-per-views and stuff on yeah. TV. But New Japan World seemed too complicated. I think I was on like the Japanese version of the site and just got intimidated. I didn't realize that there was an English version you could go to that would have made navigating it a lot <laughs> wow. easier. Oh my um, wow. God. Seth's so uh, looking
0: up Japanese translations <laughs> and trying to figure out where like, what it's what does this say?
2: Yeah, I'm like, what, how much is this? Yeah. 45,000 yen a month? Okay, I think I could swing that. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, the,
2: uh, if, if AEW drops one, I, I've, I've heard that AEW um, is, is thinking about putting together a streaming service where you know, they could have all their, all their old episodes of TV on there, the old pay-per-views, and then start doing some original stuff. Cause, um, I think they would be great at it. Uh, I would definitely subscribe to that, but that that's it now. I, I keep if there's a good GCW show or um, NWA pay per view, I'll give it a thought. But as far as streaming goes, um, AEW. Do you the only think one AEW would take
0: their pay per views off of pay per view and put them on to? I uh, don't think so. No, I don't
2: they think because so, do they're they're all about the pay per views. I see it being something where like maybe 30 days after the pay per view, it gets added to the streaming service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, uh-
0: Marco Jordan, do either of you guys have any additional um, streaming services besides the cock?
1: I
3: do
0: in
2: Japan.
3: Yeah, I do New Japan as well. I think it's awesome, and uh, there, there definitely is an English version with English commentary as well, so you can actually like watch the matches in English commentary. Um, there's a, it, it goes back to like the beginning of New Japan too, so you get to see like literally all like all the old matches and stuff like that with like, uh, you know, like in the an 80s itchy. and stuff like
2: that. I'm, um, getting, I'm getting itchy now. I feel like I may need to get this. How yeah, much that's... is it a month? Ten bucks.
3: Uh, Ten bucks. Ten bucks a month. Okay.
2: Is yeah, it still it's... NewJapanWorld.com? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. The, yeah, we'll throw only, a link in the show we will throw a link to New Japan World in the show notes for anybody yeah, that wants the, to check it out.
3: Yeah, the only thing that stinks is they don't have like a it's not like an app. Like it like kind of like you know, they, they rely more on like a browser. And uh but I mean I don't really watch first stuff on first my phone. World anyway. problems. Yeah. First world problems, exactly. But um yeah, I did impact for a little bit. Um I did like the free trial. Um it was pretty interesting. Like there's a lot of like cool like NWA stuff when they like in the beginning stages. So you could just like Jeff Jarrett and um him with the uh NWA world title and you know him going after Hulk Hogan and all that stuff was pretty cool to watch, but I might I might pop back into that
1: at some point. Yeah, we'll early see. TNA is awesome. Yeah. I, I used to watch those Wednesday pay-per-views every week. Early TNA was uh I mean oh, yeah, it was, they, it was they were they were just cracking into six sided ring and stuff like that. It was really cool. Yeah.
0: All right. Sambro says, what would each of your entrance themes be? I'm more of a metalhead, heavy rock down to the ring.
2: Oh, this was too easy for me. Dirty White Boy by Foreigner. No doubt about (laughs) it. Yeah, you've
0: said that for a long time. (laughs) I feel like I would, um, I feel like I'd be more of like a a first album, you know, uh, where where do we go? Or when we all fall asleep, where do we go? Billie Eilish. It's kind of dark, a little bit ethereal. Um, I feel like that's kind of my, that's kind of my vibe. You know, I don't think I'm going to be coming down to know like, uh, Hip, hippie music that's not gonna get anybody hyped so i gotta i gotta tap into my dark side and uh Dang. use a little, little billy eilish style music what about you guys
1: <sighs> you go jordan if you have one maybe some knights in white satin <laughs> no no what the fuck is that no <laughs> it's a moody I don't even know blues what that is. it's a moody, moody blues. Blues how do you not do you not know that song oh, on, no man. way I don't know that oh that's great that would not be my pick so a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of people know this some people don't uh one of my favorite songs ever is in the club by 50 cents so i would probably pick that that's always a banger that's, it always that's
2: gets the a, yeah that's not a bad choice man i kind of like that And if you, go, I,
3: I, you, I, you gotta um, go if you're a sports entertainer you gotta go with the uh the, the late 90s early 2000s uh so I'm going I'm going to go with the uh, Bizkit. biscuit. I'm going to go with break stuff as my uh, as my entrance just to get everyone
1: pumped yeah. up.
2: So yeah, that's definitely, definitely. going to be only allowed in like GCW.
1: <laughs> <laughs> going to be using a pizza cutter every week. <laughs> I know, of course. Come on, man. <laughs> All right, we right next change.
0: All right, Ken Dinkins says with two part-timers winning the Rumble, does WWE really have confidence in their current roster?
2: Uh, I mean, I think they have confidence in their current roster. If they didn't have confidence in their current roster, they wouldn't be releasing all these guys. But it's just a proven fact. WrestleMania main event, it's going to be a part-timer. They want a special attraction in that. It's been since WrestleMania 27 with The Miz versus uh John Cena. That was the last time that there wasn't um a part timer in the main event at WrestleMania. You know, That's you had wild. yeah, it's but you had the Rock, two straight years. Then you had Batista, you yep. had Brock, uh, Triple H, mm. The Undertaker, Brock, Ronda Rousey, Brock, and mm. Edge last year. Brock. Edge was the closest thing we've had to uh, you know, last year was the closest we've had with Edge. He was kind of a semi part timer, but but yeah, it's uh that's just the formula for WrestleMania, but I think they got confidence in who's there. Otherwise they wouldn't be cutting half the freaking roster over the last year.
3: Mm.
0: Mm. Any any additional thoughts guys?
1: I feel like. uh (laughs) Okay. So this is my, this is my thing. When you see like always who they're, who's going to be in um, WrestleMania, it's always like a part-time or an older person. Like, didn't you say something the other night like this is going to be the sixth straight mania with a part-timer in the main event or something like that, Seth? No, it's, I said just yeah. now, this
2: is going to be the, this will be the 10th straight, oh, wait, sorry. is this 38? 30- this, this is
0: 38.
1: Yeah, this
2: will be the 11th straight mania. Yeah. Assuming Brock and Roman go last, this will be the 11th straight yeah. uh, mania that we've had a part-timer in the main event.
1: My bad, guess I was thinking about something else when you said it. Uh, but <laughs> I, shouldn't that kind of tell you the answer to that, that they don't have faith in their current crop of talent? Like, they keep going well, back guess, to the part timers. Uh,
2: I guess to me, like I don't I don't take it that just because that's what they're doing in the main event, I don't take that as like they have no confidence in them. I, mean, I just think yeah, they yeah. have a I think they have a clear strategy with what they want to do for their mania. main They events. definitely
0: have confidence because they expanded Mania to two nights. So they have more matches for people to, to watch. So well, for I the, feel like they're definitely he, putting more out there.
3: Yeah, I think they, I think you talk about the main event scene. Like they don't yeah, have the confidence. main event scene, definitely. Yeah, they don't, they
2: have, don't have, have the confidence in, to yeah. try out to two. two Full time, just wrestlers. They yeah. feel like they got to get something that's going to get like you know but additional buzz going.
0: But I don't think it's because they have they don't have confidence in their ability. Yeah, I, I think, think it's if just they, a business they sell thing. Sell tickets. Like yeah. no, they, need, not, yeah, they know exactly. they, they know they need um you know they know they need Brock or Ronda to get butts and seats. But dude. then they
3: then it's it goes back to that like thing earlier where it's like they're not they're not doing that job to have them come back every single year and do stuff like they need to you know build. Their current stars, better like, like obviously they're doing the same. They're doing that with um with R- obviously Riddle. I mean, they have him in the elimination chamber, you know, now too. And they like they, it seems like they they want to like put certain people in certain positions, but then they just like pull away at the last minute. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I see that.
0: We see that a lot. Yeah, they get they get right to the precipice, and then it's like okay, it's like, no, 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 no,
3: no, yeah. Put Brock out there. Abort. Abort, abort. Abort. Brock. Brock. Get in here, quick.
0: Yeah, he's, he's definitely the break, break glass in case of emergency. Um, so Johnny JB says, when Vince finally steps away from WWE, who do you think he'll leave the keys to the kingdom to? Uh,
2: I don't think he's going to. I think Vince is going to live forever. Vince, no, he's is, be
1: a, Vince is going to die at the head of that. Well, there, I, think,
0: no I, I think step away meant like, you know, step into the grave. I don't think we, I don't think anyone's assuming that he's going to, you know, it, it's going to be a, a posthumously, uh, you know, Pass, I, I told but you guys torch. why
2: I told you guys my idea. Man, they should just end it with Vince. Pass, like once Vince knows, like he's about to go in hospice or something, or he's only got like a week left. We need to have if they could time it up to be the end of WrestleMania, it would actually be perfect. So, imagine it's WrestleMania 41, Brock and Roman, obviously, main event again. Okay, the the so, match.
0: So, he's given Brock three years, or he's given Vince three more years. Can I finish? Live? Okay,
2: yes, Brock and Roman, uh, finish right. At the end of the match, Roman's standing tall, and suddenly we get the wavy like dream sequence, and it goes to a shot of uh, Stephanie and Linda in bed. Or, Excuse me, Vince and Linda in bed, and Vince Vince wakes up. Vince wakes up, and the entire WWE history was just all a dream. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's I think that's how you book oh, it, man. Boy. You had explain you could explain so many uh, you know crazy moments in storyline over the years by oh it was just some crazy old guy's dream.
3: Here's what I yeah. think. I think when he does pass he's going to have his his brain transferred to like AI and he's going <laughs> to run he's going to he's going to run the organization as like a artificial intelligence. As yeah. a robot. As yeah. a, like a supercomputer essentially. Yeah, he's definitely not let go. <laughs> they're, just it, it.
1: they're just going to keep the his other I, alive.
3: The, yeah. <sighs>
2: The other idea I had, if you don't like the dream sequence, is it fades so it fades out from Roman celebrating to Vince sitting in like a nice cozy living room in a rocking chair with a big old book and he's like reading to his grandkids and he's like, and that's the end of the story. And just closes the book and the entire thing was just like a big long bedtime story he was telling his grandkids, man. Huh. I wow. feel like I just can't imagine it going on without Vince, man. As I crazy as wrong. uh the old guy is.
0: Yeah. It'll it'll go on, but it I mean It'll Who be. Knows. Yeah. I don't want to say it'll be worse because it, it, it's been pretty horrendous the last few years. But, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> anyway.
2: All right, Sheena, remind the listeners that they can find you guys on social media.
0: You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley. Marco running the Twitter machine over at Chick Foley Show. Join our Foley fam and all the fun over there at ChickFoleyShow.com.
2: All right. Remember to support Ringside Collectibles and Chalkline. I'm attempting to set the record with my fourth straight trivia question. Hit me with it, Sheen.
0: All right. Who interfered in the Razor Gold Dust match at the nineteen ninety six Royal Rumble?
2: The one, two, three kid. That's right. Mm. Four straight. I'm gonna have to start playing Goldberg's music to uh to set this segment up, guys.
0: I know. He made me he made me go totally random now. See, I used to try to pick these like, you know, hum That's how it said. should be,
2: man. Yeah, we're yeah, never man. gonna get a streak going if you're asking us, you know, who was the <laughs> ring announcer at the ninety three Survivor series every <laughs> single week, man.
0: Oh man!
2: All right, Jordan, you are at the Rumble. Leave us with some final thoughts for this week. We
1: had a we had a good Women's Rumble. We had a good top of the card. We had a horrible bottom of the card. But as always, we're wrestling fans. We're going to stick with it, and we're going to keep listening to the Chick Foley Show.
0: Amen.